Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome. I'm Diane Mettler, Executive Director of the Pacific Logging Congress and your host of Talking Timber. I'm excited. This week we're going to be talking to Brian Carbaugh of Campbell Global. He's going to talk about the benefits of technology and industry associations. Right now, though, I want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and Pacific Forest Foundation, both dedicated to providing sound technical education about the forest industry. This year, the Pacific Forest Foundation gave out $21,500 in scholarships. You can check out their work at www.pacificforestfoundation.org. We also want to thank our sponsors, Timber West Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal. You can subscribe now to both of them for free just by going to their website, www.forestnet.com. Okay, let's hear from Brian and how he got involved in the industry. Well, I grew up in a small logging town with dad working in the mill and mom working to PD and, and uh, uh, you know, I'd go on to school in high school. We had two, two years of forestry classes in high, in high school and dad wanted me to get out of the woods and go be an electrical engineer. And I told him, well, I'll do the engineer part. I'll be a forest engineer. And I looked online and, or looked on the, the college pamphlets and sure enough there was a forest engineering degree and I went to the University of Washington and uh, went to work for GP out of that so it's been just I, I, there's no decisions <laughs> <laughs> it just that's the way it flew <laughs> oh, that's great did um so have you been with GP the whole time or no I started with Georgia Pacific out of Bellingham um in 90 that proper 1990 that property went was so actually sold uh january 91 to Han, john hancock and at the time i went to work for campbell campbell group at the time okay and uh i was with campbell group for several years and then dropped property management change and i was with olympic resource management for a year and then went to forest systems uh and and moved down to the Aberdeen area and been on the same property ever since. Uh, now uh, with back with Campbell Global. Okay. So for someone who doesn't know what a forest engineer does, can you kind of give me a little look at your day? Well, for, forest engineering is usually is the, the, the lands management, uh, designing of your roads, the mechanics, uh, logging systems, uh, the operational part of forestry versus uh, growing the trees, uh, managing the managing the growth, managing the, uh, the, you know, the insects and diseases and that kind of thing. Uh, my job, it, it started off in engineering, land surveying, uh, unit layouts, uh, road layouts and that kind of thing. And it's merged into uh, uh, all encompassing forestry uh, where I, I do um, basically all of it now. So, so techno uh, does technology play a big part in it or? Well, technology plays a role in every single aspect of it. You know, the technology in the engineering field when I started was we were getting from going from staff compasses and pulling tape to using distance meters and um, you know, high powered scopes on your 
on your um, instruments. Mm -hmm. uh, now we're using handheld distance meters and slope meters and uh, you know instruments that measure uh, tree volumes and scales. Uh, they're all electronic. Everything's done on paths. We don't hardly write anything down in a notebook anymore. It's it's really changed a lot. Do you use any drones or anything like that? We are using drones um, more and more all the time. Um, you know, from the from the forestry side, um, we're using drones to do stand inspections, uh, inspect our harvest units after they've been harvested. Uh, you can fly over your pre-commercial thinnings and and get an idea of of problem areas you need to go look at in person. And you can cover a lot of ground and save a lot of time and then when you do put your boots out there on the ground you can go right to the to the problem spots or the areas you have concern you can also use them you know for in, in the in the 80s uh the company had a helicopter uh that was available to us for uh maybe a week or two every three months or so and and those of us in the engineering field we just loved to jump in a helicopter and go fly over all the units that we were in the process of laying out because you could get a really good view of where you had your roads laid out to and how they would log. And now we can use drones to do that um, and not have to have a helicopter and actually fly up and, and look. So um, there's a, there's, yeah, technology has changed things a, a tremendous amount. Is it hard to keep up with it or kind of fun? Well, it was kind of funny because it was probably 1992 or 1993 when I got the first desktop computer on my desk. And all of a sudden, uh, I could do these spreadsheets and you could put handle so much more information on your, your production and, and things. And I remember getting in my truck and going home and says, man, a computer sure helps you do a lot, but man, it sure makes you do a whole lot more. So <laughs> you know, I don't know if... Uh, 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 I think physically we're able to cover more ground and get more things done, but I don't know if it's that much healthier. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, for folks who uh, maybe aren't as familiar with uh, Camel Global, can you tell me a little bit about the company? Well, Camel, Camel Global was uh, one of the very first of the timber investment organizations in the United States. And, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've grown with the industry from uh, just a resource, you know, resources in the United States to you know, timberland investments worldwide. So it, it Campbell Global too is, is growing uh, with the industry, just like uh, um, the industry itself. And, and, uh, we're boots on the ground. Uh, we provide feedback uh, to our clients and 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 help often with uh, finding properties that suit their investment needs. Okay. So, do you handle just in the Northwest, or based on your name, maybe not? So much? Uh, Campbell Global is 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 across right now is across the uh, United States, um, Australia, New Zealand. And we're looking to South America and, and, and expanding globally. We used to be called the Campbell Group, and, and we strategically changed our name to Global because it's a, it's a global economy now, and, and we're looking uh, 
to work globally. So for folks who are the next generation who might be thinking of coming into the industry, do you have any advice for them? Work hard, look, look ahead, prepare yourself with uh, plenty of sciences and, and, and uh, writing and communication skills. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, work on a good work ethic, work on a good attitude. You know, get as much experience as you can uh, uh, volunteering with different folks. Uh, okay. Work with young, kids that are younger than you are. Uh, you know, organizations I think of all the time are 4-H and FFA. Your, you know, even your athletics. If you you can take athletics and and that work ethic that you build in ath in athletics, it goes a long ways to helping you with a work ethic later on. Okay, great. You know, always. And, and, you know, learn to, to watch your, the older people, uh, the people with experience, and work on a mutual, a really how to respect uh, where people are coming from and what they've done in their lives and how you can apply that to yours. Yeah. So you're not recreating the wheel there a little bit too, so. You're not, you're, uh, you're, you, you actually, you, you don't recreate anything. You just follow, follow the along with uh, what you see out ahead of you and and uh, you can the other thing is you can learn from everybody everybody you talk to you can learn something from so don't look down on anybody that's great advice learn something from everybody you, you see you've been um invested in the olympic logging conference and been a president um can you maybe talk about the importance of, about and in being involved in organizations like that Yes, it's, it's very important to be involved um, as much as you can. You can you can overdo it quite easily. Um, the Olympic Logging Conference is uh, is a is a conference of of relationships and of people. Um, I attended the Logging Conference in uh, every year, year starting in about 1991 or 1992, and eventually it was time that I you know, was asked if I would uh, be on the board. And so I've done 10 years on that board and I've worked my way up to where I'm now the chairman. Of, it was of the 75th anniversary of the conference. It was to be held last April, which due to the COVID, we had to uh, postpone that. Yeah. And it's now postponed to April of 2021. But, uh, you know, it, that particular, con you know, all the conferences are different. All the conferences have really something good in combination with the others to to take away. And where um, the Oregon Logging Conference, I've attended that just a couple of times, not very much, but it was always really good on the equipment and the showing of tools and, and that kind of thing. Where the Olympic Logging Conference is a conference of relationships. It's held at the, at the Empress in Victoria. It's a, it's the longest standing uh, contiguous conference held on Canadian soil by a foreign country. Wow. And, um, but in Canada, you can't sell anything. You can't take brochures. You can't, you, you, oh, okay. you, you can't really uh, do so-called business there. Uh, but it kind of makes an even playing field. Bill Herman mentioned that to me. It evens the playing field a bit when you, you are there to see other people to build relationships yeah a lot of a lot of work is done in preparing for business to be closed once we get back to the states but 
you know, it's a, uh, it's that relationship building that an opportunity to visit. And, uh, it's also a, because of the location being in Victoria, like it is, it's a yeah. great place for your spouses to, and to enjoy themselves and fam family can go up and enjoy themselves as well. So it has a lot to offer as a chance to kind of get away from the normal work scene. What does the, uh, they have scholarships and that kind of thing too, though, correct? The oh. We do. We we have, a, uh, and that's a, that's a huge part of of what we've uh, been doing. Uh, you know, we have a, a golf tournament uh, for fun, but the sponsorships and all that, it's all built to to cover the costs and then go to, into to, uh, scholarships. Uh, we have auction, live auctions, and silent auctions, and it goes into college scholarships and. I can't remember what the number was, but it's somewhere around fourteen or fifteen thousand dollars that we give out, uh, and sometimes more. Uh, we've had got a couple of memorial scholarships. Uh, one of our past chairman passed away, uh, Kevin Worley, and okay. his family uh, started a, fa a scholarship foundation, and that's that, and people donate into that, and that's a and the family, and that's been a really good a good way to keep Kevin in memory. Um, yeah, and there's. Uh, there's also another foundation scholarship that we've got going at the OLC scholarship that some goes to college and some are targeting more toward the uh, trade school type, try to help with those. Yeah, and there's a lot of support for that uh, all across the industry from, to try to help these young, young folks uh, get, a, get a shot at getting started into the business. So they could check out your website if they, someone was interested in applying then? Oh, absolutely. Check out the website. Oh, I've been to a you, you guys. Uh, I just think you guys do a great job of getting wonderful speakers each year at your conference. So congratulations. Well, you know, when you when you build a conference on uh, relationships and getting together, your big companies to kind of wonder what's the value. Mm -hmm. And we've made a real effort you know, those those that came before me made a real effort to really get quality speakers and so it, not only is it a relationship building but it's also uh very informative and tries to bring we, we seek outside speakers from outside the areas as much as possible and it brings other information in that can be shared to it with everybody that we don't always uh, aren't in the the realm of our in our jobs and our, to be always aware of these lots of this information so yeah we we really try to get good speakers and speakers that can bring us bring us some uh, information that we don't normally get to see hi we want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors the pacific forest foundation and the pacific logging congress as well as timber west magazine and logging and saw milling journal Due to the coronavirus, the 2020 PLC Congress has been moved to 2021, but that doesn't mean they aren't active this year. They're promoting sound technical forest education. To find out more about what they're doing, just go to www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, let's get back to Brian and the value he finds in the Olympic Logging Conference. It's, it's, it's been uh, very valuable to me when I was uh, just young in my career. The I was fortunate. The company supported me to go. And 
building those relationships, all those people that were older than me, a lot more experienced than myself, but you build a relationship. So now when you, you need to, to move some logs or you need to find a logger or something, you have an idea of who to contact, who to talk to, and, and, you, and people can put a face with a name or a face with a voice that they hear on the telephone. And it's, uh, it's quite valuable. Yeah, I I also thought just segueing into what you just said, it's valuable for anyone who's new to the industry to get involved just so they can kind of get immersed and learn who all the players are and get to know them personally. So Oh yes, yes. And it's then the thing is uh, the attendees are from every aspect of the industry. Um uh, folks from the banks, the financial institutions come. We have uh, uh, legal uh, people in the legal fields come. Uh, we've we've got all your your equipment dealers and and people that deal with uh, forest services, uh, contract services, um, and your your mills and your exporters and your ports. Uh, people from your cities, governments, mm-hmm. uh, and and then of course in the forest uh, landowners and forest managers and the logger and of course the loggers and and all aspects of the folks, the road builders. You know, it's the whole gamut of industry that shows up, and and so it's a very well-rounded. It's. Uh, a plug, it's just a really good conference to attend. So for you looking ahead, um, just for the industry, do you see, are you positive about it or you have any thoughts about the future here? Yes, uh, you have to be. And uh, one of the thing is, is and I think this COVID kind of situation brought it out for a lot of people that, uh, that those of us in the forest industry, we live and breathe forestry and we're, we're all half farmers at the same time. You know, we, we're very aware of what it takes to survive, what it takes to live. Our, you know, um, our husband and wife teams work together. A lot of your loggers, you know, the, uh, the, they work together. Um, you're, um, it comes down to food, water, shelter. You can't survive without those three. And it's, you know, it's, since beginning of time, you can say forestry was, uh, or forest work, um, is the survival tool in in any every situation. So, if anybody's going to survive, it's going to be those of us in this industry. I've often said that I've never heard anybody say I can't do that in this industry. Oh, that's great. Um, it, we we may not be able to afford it. It may not be <laughs> economical, but there is no such word as the word can't. And you know, if you look at if you look back at the, the size of the timber that our forefathers had to deal with, and the weights that they deal with, and the mechanics they deal with, it's absolutely phenomenal. It makes ants look uh, archaic, and, yeah. and you know, it's it's quite astounding that it, that we'll figure out a way. And uh, so, yes, this industry is actually one that's going to be become more and more important. It's not just the industry, but it's the attitude of our industry that's going to carry this whole, go through any kind of situation. Oh, that's great. And just out of curiosity, just from where you're at, do you see um, 
any excitement or new excitement over like the cross laminated timber and that kind of thing? Oh, that's just, that's just, uh, you can't say it's a tip of the iceberg because we've been working on those tips always. And we're always looking for those tips. Um, yeah. We're always, you know, in the, that's just one more thing, you know, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's real exciting where that's going. There's more to come out of that. It, quite frankly, the cross laminate timbers is just kind of a, a, a build on the, the plywood. Um, yeah, exactly. Idea, you know, it's just uh, one more way of utilizing our resources in a much more uh, economical and efficient manner. And, and uh, you know, our, uh, our sciences and the chemical industries and the um, fabricating industries is just continuing. We're not... We, we never look back except for experience and always looking forward. And that's, that's a, that's the driver that really keeps things exciting. And there's, there's no, uh, dead end or no need to be concerned about, uh, well, this is as far as we can go because, uh, uh it's just knowing inside. No, that's absolutely true. Just when you think they've gone so far in one thing, like logging now it's tethered or yeah, cross they just there's always something new around the corner. So Well, it's kind of funny because I when I too, because I was I was laying out a logging unit uh oh in the early nineties and uh, my boss at that time was Al Kane. And okay. he says, Brian, he says, in ten years you just don't know what the what the technology is gonna be to do this. We may not need the road at all. And, you know, I thought about that and, you know, he's very much right. You have to, you have to do what you know and plan with what you know it today, but tomorrow we're going to know something else. And, you know, the tether logging, uh, the drone uh, f- uh, field, it's, uh, and, you know, we're using drones to fly cables out where we used to use helicopters. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's just constantly going forward. I kind of think for the next generation, they it sh- shouldn't seem like a a dead end sort of industry since it's always innovating. So, oh no, it's 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 never there's 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 no dead end, mm-hmm. and um, you know our industry encompasses so many of the other technologies. You could start off in in one area of our industry and end up in something totally different. Whatever. Uh, strikes your fancy or or hits your passion and uh and that i think that's a clue, clue find what what it is that uh you're passionate about and you will excel at it so you always wondered maybe if i'd taken another path in forestry you always been happy being an engineer i thought no wish i'd i can't say i'm an engineer um okay you know my training was engineering um, okay. where i've where I've come to now is I'm, a, I'm basically a lands and natural resource manager more than more than an engineer. Most of my work is in just managing operations, um, but it can take a it can take a turn at any moment um, in in everything that uh, that you do. Um, one minute I'm a, a lands resource manager. One minute I'm a, a you know working on forest policy. The next minute I'm doing some engineering work the next minute i'm planting some trees uh another one i'm in some computer zoom meeting on uh something for the future so you, you just <laughs> yeah no you have a great job it just sounds <laughs> in in for in forestry you, it, there is 
it's like it's like on a farm there's so many different things that you deal with that your discipline you're not locked into really any one particular discipline i hope you enjoyed this episode we want to thank our sponsors the pacific forest foundation the pacific logging congress timberwest magazine and logging and sawmilling journal for making this podcast possible and of course a huge thank you goes out to brian for taking part in talking timber until next time take care